This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Darkness falls across the town, where a new buyer must be found. All bushwhackers crawl in search of blood, got terrorised by the A62 hood. And whosoever buys the town, without the means for going down. Stand and face the League One hell, where we last rocked. Under Ken Davies' spell, the foulest stench was in the air. The funk of Wadsworth lingers there. Grizzly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal our doom. But town fought hard to stay alive with every kick, tackle, or foul. But no mere mortal can resist. And good evening and welcome to the pod on Haunted Hill, where we have some Rajiv Van La Paranormal activities going on this evening. Hosted by myself, Matt, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have with me the monster of Frank Costein, Richard Kosmala. Uh, unfortunately, getting his teeth into a takeaway and not with us this week is the Van Pos, but he can stay in the intro due to his late withdrawal again. And our special guest, third time lucky, it's Danny Kirandi Man. Kiran. Uh, recorded live in front of you all of the Hellraisers. So, uh, if you thought the intro was great um, or poor, let us know in the comments. But oof. it's been a, a tough week, hasn't it, lads? Um, what a day! Huddersfield Town one, nil all nil. Uh, let's get the, uh, the sponsors, our lovely sponsors, Magic Rock. Let's uh, let's do that first. So uh, this episode again sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, Magic, Magic Rock, continue to sponsor this podcast, which we're very thankful for. Uh, if you guys want some uh, some fantastic beers online, get to magicrockbrewing.com. Uh, use our code of AHTTC10 and you'll get 10% off just from knowing us. Fantastic, eh? Cosy, Danny, how are we doing? Very well, Zimmer. Buzzing. We're happy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. 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 Let's, let's, let's get cracking. Um, Huddersfield Town 1, Millwall 0. Mill. Um, very, very much needed. Yeah, very needed. Very much needed was this. Uh, in his presses, Mike Fotheringham, um, it's, it's been, been noticeable lately that he's altered from talking about trying to get as many attacking players on the pitch uh, previously. He's gone from sort of saying, guys, I need to get all my attacking players on the field to now talking specifically about clean sheets, hasn't he? Um, it looks like the pennies dropped to me that we're not particularly affluent going forward, shall we say. So he's now looking at the defence, which once again has come trumps with a clean sheet and, you know, people sort of go on about how he doesn't like to talk about uh, systems, formations, etc., etc. And he talks mostly about spaces. Um, I thought Town looked fantastically compact in, in the shape that they were in. It seemed to alter in it from a 4-2-3-1 wrap around a little bit. And Ben Jackson was doing the whole flank. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was good. The performance was probably the best of the season, would we say. Um, a really decent performance. Um, a lot of reasons to be happy, Cosy, in, in this particular one. Yeah, and it felt very sweet, to be honest, uh, walking out of the stadium, because I think, for me, when you go to a game and... To be fair, it works both ways. Sometimes when you don't, when you win and you haven't deserved it, it can be a sweeter feeling there. But I just felt that there was a lot of pressure on us coming into the game. And again, our championship just makes you kind of look a bit of a mug sometimes because like they were four wins in a row and you think, yeah, they're, they're playing with full of confidence. But I have, this is what I love about our division. It doesn't, you walk in there and you think, who's bottom and who's uh, you know kind of pushing for playoffs and stuff as well. But yeah, I felt we really deserved it. And yeah. Uh, there was there was so much to admire from a lot of uh, from a lot of players. Obviously, we'll dissect later on as well. But I think it's a really nice feeling when you walk out of there knowing we've got what we deserved. And classic town, you knew we wouldn't get that second goal to make it comfortable. Uh, but even if we did, we'd probably let one back straight back in. We don't do stuff easy, do we? But I just felt we. It was interesting last week, Matt. Morning when we were on about Middlesbrough. And I remember you because I went a bit. You know why are we time wasting? You know we should be going for it, etc. But I think it's kind of validated what you were saying that really there made that. This feels even better that we're backed up again, like on a, on a clean sheet. So it's almost like, you know, yeah, we need to start winning away. We know that, but it, it justifies kind of the ending last week, which you were kind of trying to explain to me when I was saying, well, we need to win, you know, etc. So yeah, really good, uh, really good performance. Very comfortable, really surprisingly comfortable because you really thought, you know, surely they should have a bit more, uh, more, more to come. And even at half time, you think surely Millwall's going to give you a bit more problems than that, but they really didn't. And uh, yeah, so many good, some good individual performances, and the pressure were on there. And obviously, the the fathers, uh, who we're kind of calling him now, where uh, in the press conference, I think on Thursday wasn't wasn't it, where it was, you know, it's not going to be pretty, it's not going to be pretty. Get mentioned that quite a bit, and uh, so we knew that. But yeah, it reminded me of Carlos but, uh, stuff last year, Matt. Yeah, just really solid, not very spectacular. We're not the fastest team ever. You won't be rushing to pay twenty five quid to watch that every week. But you know what, mate. It was all about the result, and the best thing about the result is we deserved it. Uh, I've got some comments that I'm echoing a little bit online, so I've just made a slight microphone alteration now. Uh, so let me know, Tom, Gary, uh, Bez, if uh, if this is a little bit better. I'm sure it is because I've, I added the microphone twice just to double up on it. So I've removed one of them. So hopefully that's much better now. I'll wait for the comments. Danny, uh, welcome back to the pod. It feels like only a couple of weeks ago you were last with us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever happened to that episode? Eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this this game itself um 
it's really you know town have come out of the blocks much happier we're, we're all much happier this week we, we're now sort of starting to look upwards aren't we rather than sort of wallowing a pit of self well wallowing a self pit of self-pity you can't say it's pit twice can you but this this now feels like we're moving in the right direction and Yutanaki is settling in as well and he's he's got the goal the goal itself, the main talking point, it seems to be the main talking point across social media. Did Yuta Nakayama mean it? Cosy, you keep changing your mind on this, don't you? And Danny, I don't think you've, yeah. you've quite offered a, offered an opinion yet. I know the answer to this. Um, um, you know Danny, the answer. I know I, the answer, yeah. I thought it was a cross when I saw because I watched it on uh, iFollow yesterday. I couldn't get to the ground. Um, and I thought it was a cross, but then I watched the highlights again and he sort of... After he kicks it, he's looking at the goal. I, I don't know. I keep changing my mind like Cosy now, I think, a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Cosy? Yeah. What do you reckon, mate? What do you think? Uh, what have I you think, settled on? You know what? Though? I, 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 I was trying to play amateur psychologist here and look at <laughs> Nakayama's celebration because I'm thinking things that, that don't probably mean up anyway because I'm thinking if, he, if he's meant that, he's like, but he's not that kind of guy. I don't think he's going to like scorch on the touchline and take off his shirt or on his, you know, do a knee slide and stuff. But he looked a bit kind of shocked, you know, didn't he? Like, oh my God, he didn't run about. It almost felt like he was a bit of a fluke at the time. But yeah. honestly, it's you look at his eyes and that, honestly, I think it would a go. I think he meant it, Matt. Obviously, it would a go on it, but that's been a long day. But <laughs> it just, just kind of, there weren't much, many options kind of in the box. And he kind of just stopped a little bit before he did it and, I think he did it, mate. I think he meant it. Well, do you want putting out of your misery for this one? Sorry, I'm just readjusting yeah. this. Why has there been an interview? Like... Have you seen an interview with him? Man? There's an interview with him and Sober after the game, and he and Yuta Nakayama is incredibly grounded. He seems like a lovely human being, and he was very gracious and magnanimous. And he said it was he didn't mean it; it was a fluke. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. He said he was trying to cross the ball. So, but but he also said you've got to take it, and you know. We've not had any luck really this year, have we? So for one to go in, hopefully our luck's changing now and and uh, and we're moving in the right direction. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk about players that impressed us uh, particularly. So we're all going to take one each, wax lyrical about them, aren't we? And then and then set them on the way. So we've, we've all picked uh, one player. Uh, the player I wanted to pick out is Mikhail Helic. Um, for me, this was the sort of game that Mikhail Helic lives for. Uh, Mil, you know, I thought the the shape that we operated in, you know, that sort of four two three one hybrid three four three thing that he had going on, I thought, you know, when when Mark Fotheringham talks about the spaces um, between players, I think in in games like against Millwall, what's really important is to squeeze that number ten space in front of the back four, uh, which is where David Kasumu and Etienne Kamara were superb in front of Helic and Tom Lees. Tom Lees was excellent as well, by the way. Uh, but what this allows Mikhail Helic to do is it allows him to be the magnet for the ball. When when Millwall can't play through you, they've got to go long. And every time Millwall went long, went diagonally, there was a big Polish strapping centre back there, heading everything away. And we're looking at the stats. You know, he's got six clearances, he's won eight aerial duels, one big block, one interception. Um, especially in the sort of last 10, 15 minutes, um, you know, Millwall had to go long. They were looking at Benicophobia and, you know, the Another number of players that they were throwing up there, you know, they're throwing the centre backs up there. And every time Mikhail Helic, header, header, header. And he's just about getting match fit now. I think people forget that he's missed a lot, you know, missed preseason. He'd been injured since April, um, not really been fit or not been available really till he'd signed for us. And he's been um 
he was a rock, I thought, yesterday. A, a real rock at the back. And I think you've got to give Mikhail Helic huge credit. And I think that's what we, we paid the money for, these kind of games. But this this was right up his street, this game. You know, head it, kick it, fight. And and that's what you want, in it, guys, from your centre-back. You want them to do that and you want them to fight. And Mikel Helic was 100% up for, the, up for the scrap yesterday. And I was really impressed with... His contribution. I know Tom Lees isn't one that you two are talking about, but Tom Lees was fantastic next to him as well. He's, you know, he's got eight clearances as well. And and you know, Mark Fotherham, I think, has noticed that the platform to build on is not sticking all the forwards on, as I mentioned, and it's the strength of the back four and all of them. Uh, you know, you got to give Ben Jackson a lot of credit as well. He's, you know, mainly he's two footed, but he's he's pretty much a left sided player, and he's gone from playing that you know, roll down the flank and he's been moved across to right back and he's and he's contributed as well with, you know, six clearances. So Mikhail Helic for me, absolutely fantastic. Um Danny, who's who's your guy that you've picked? I've got Kusumu because I think I just think and not just yesterday, but yesterday especially, his energy, his hustle and bustle. Also yesterday's passing had improved, so I think he had the highest pass completion rate out of anybody. But stats aside, I think he's got that um, got a bit of fire in his belly that I think we need sometimes. Especially when we, I've said this before, like when we miss Hogg and people like that, that that energy he's got, he can run through brick walls, and um, he gets stuck in. And we all like that as town fans. So I really, really rate him. And I think if we could keep him fit, because I know he's had injuries a lot in the past, and he got injured when he first came. If we keep him fit and he don't get suspended because he does like to play on the edge. I think he'll be really important this season because he just has that. There's a bit of a nasty streak in him, it seems, you know, in a good way. He wants to win every single ball and get on the ball, and he's he's fearless in that way. So I think he's a great signing, actually. I think, you know, I think if we can keep him fit, he's he's going to be really good for us. Great player. It's it's the second balls, isn't it, Danny? That's what. Yeah, yeah. It's his speed. It's his speed. I think one of Lewis O'Brien's great strengths was his speed across five yards. And it's so important yeah. in football, isn't it? Just to win yeah. that ball. And he's got a similar sort of uh, trait as well, where he's so quick, isn't he? So when Mikel yeah. Hellick and Tom Lees are winning those headers, he's first there. He's so yeah, he quick, isn't it? he, to everything. And he's moving it on. And he was a player I was really sort of excited about when um, when we uh, when we signed him. And I'm, I'm really delighted that, you know, he's uh, he's now started to fulfil his potential. And someone else, Cosy, um, that we're hoping... That could fill some potential. Um, fill us in on your guy. Yeah, that, I like chat with Johnny's performance yesterday, and it really weird. Looking on them sofa score uh, marks, I think got one of the lowest uh, performance. But the, I'd describe it as a very mature performance, Matt, because I think the thing with our team is we're slow, and he's quick. So it's like you've got you've got the ball. He's not going to have many options in front of him to to pass to, and that as well as be Ward or Rhodes. Maybe Sorbonne might be coming up, but that's about it. And I think what I liked about yesterday was slowing stuff down. You know, he was playing the ball when it needed to be played and that as well. He, he, I just saw a guy there, to me, who's really kind of coming on. Uh, and and I, he can improve so much. I've uh, He's intrigued me, this guy, because obviously he got 10 goals last season for, for AFC Wimbledon. He's obviously taken a step up into a struggling team. We've just changed his manager. And another thing you've got to remember, Matt, as a, as a young guy as well, I know it might not be you know, kind of a, a thing for many, but he's moving from London to Yorkshire and that's a big thing that, as we saw with Chris Powell, it doesn't work for everyone, mate, does it, staying in uh, Yorkshire seven days a week? So, yeah, I, I'm really impressed with him and uh, I'm excited about him, mate, because I just think he can do, I just think he could be, 
you know, a lot more. Obviously, goals to his game and, and things like that. But I did like the way he just kind of, when we needed to kind of keep the ball, they, Millwall had a lot more of the ball in the second half than us. But just when we got it, we didn't waste it. And uh, yeah, smart player. And he's only going to get better, mate, I think. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed uh, watching him play. I think it was his brother must have retweeted my tweet, said he were good. So at least. Uh, Someone That's why you've that. picked him, isn't it? Just for the for the glory of the. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'll be honest. I thought Jack Redoni was noticeably quicker, stronger, a lot more incisive than we've been. And I think it makes a difference that he's not playing six, he's not playing eight, he's not playing on the wing. He was playing behind the striker, which is you know the position that he's is is apparently his favourite, and he was back in his favourite role. And and it's going to take a, a decent player to take that off him, isn't it now, Cos? So. You know, it's his shirt. Yeah, another take it off him. Another thing, Matt, as well, not just Rudoni, but looking forward, which again, the trouble is when you win a game, you, everything just feels so much better. And maybe you do get a bit carried away with stuff. And God, if Sunderland do us on Wednesday again, it's like back to whatever. But the one thing that I thought is that we've had a week to prepare for the game. And obviously, uh, Fotheringham was big and nearly on his training, in case anyone's not noticed. But uh, yeah, and. He, he would kind of say, you could just see what a week more on the training ground's done, you know, with us. And, and part of me thinks, obviously, probably going to lose Sauber and Nakayama to the World Cup, but he's going to have a good month on the training grounds with these guys and stronger, faster, smarter, different formations. I, I think it's really going to benefit us. And with obviously, there's some big games to come up between now and then, but if we can kind of get a, a few more wins, get maybe out of that relegation zone, then all of a sudden we're into the... Uh, into the World Cup period and, and he's got his group to, to work with and that as well. I, I don't know, I just feel a lot more optimistic now, mate. But again, it could be just clouded that we've won a game and played well. But you can def- definitely see, obviously taking his word for it, but we can see the evidence on the pitch last two weeks that the, the stuff we're working on in training is coming off. Yeah. Do you know what's really I'm- impressive, what's really good as well, is I'm looking at the, the comments on YouTube um, and what's... I'm, I'm gonna. I'll read some of them out actually, because there's some quite good ones that are coming in. Uh, apart from the ones where I've got the echo, um, Bez five six seven eight says, "I'm usually like a cat on a hot tin roof. Only one goal up, but yesterday I was calm. They were never scoring. Shows there's bugger all between the top and the bottom of this division. I think that's that's a good comment as well, because he's he's very right. Because you've talked as well, haven't you, about Hull winning four games or three or you know, was it three or four yeah. games in a row, and then they shot up, didn't they? Up the table, we've seen Coventry are now starting to rise, although they lost in the other weekend. Burnley have gone on a big run. Yeah. Norwich have dropped off, it, and it's very right. I know it pissed us off. Yeah, I know it pissed us off a lot, Matt. Last year we were getting people. I can't believe other are up there, you know, because we were winning. But let's be brutally honest. Cold and I, and I maybe a bit of a hypocrite here because I went on the offensive a few times on this pod saying, "How dare they say that about us? We've got seventy points, sixty points, whatever we had at the time." But we weren't. We weren't. We were good to get obviously eighty points, but yeah. you didn't look at us and think, "Wow, what a team this is." So why should we think anything different for the other teams? You've you've only got to look at what's happening at the top. I know Norwich season Carol they're at work and mate, when they've they've had a bad little trot now, but I think the one yesterday that beat Stoke. But before that, they they, they they were rubbish, mate. They were like saying we're the top of the league. We're we're, we're absolute pants. There's dissent against Dean yeah. Smith and other stuff. So yeah, it's. Just like again, maybe with the other kind of thinking, Sunderland have won one in eight uh, on a bit of a bad shot on Wednesday, but that doesn't mean part of me licking my lips, thinking, Yes, yeah, great time to play them. But, but then mm-hmm. Millwall probably thought it's a good time to play us and stuff. So, yeah, but yeah, exactly, I, I think that's mate. a bit of a you never, you never, uh, 
you're writing games off and you're never fearing everything. And that's what we want to see. We don't want to see like Premier League today, like although love, yeah. everyone probably do with that Forest battered Arsenal, but you knew what was going to happen there. You didn't need to watch that game today. You knew what was going to happen when you switched your telling at four o'clock. We're going to be a plenty of goals for Arsenal and not for Forest. But but I, I love our unpredictable division. It's not great quality. We've got to say that. But yeah, yeah. We're, it's good, man. And when you don't, yeah, know, I, I like I love the championship for that reason because you net you really. Now and again, you'll get a full who just sort of run away with it. But most of the time, it is mm. everyone could beat everyone on the day, and that's the best bit about it. You don't know, you don't know what Sunderland are going to be like Wednesday. You know, in a way, it's probably a more dangerous game than Millwall was because might be harder for us to sort of guess how they're going to play. Whereas Millwall, you know what you're going to get, um, and it's sort of easier to set up against, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, Sunderland, it, yeah, I mean, it'd be lovely to win again. To do two on the bounce, I don't. We haven't done that this season, have we? Nope. No. So I think it'll be. I think. It, I think it would make. Uh, it should lift everyone's confidence if we could do that. Yeah, Alex Pritchard, be... bring your earplugs, baby. <laughs> Alex Pritchard, are you watching? Bring your earplugs. <laughs> bring your fishing rod as well, you little shit house gnome. He's going to score now. I've said yeah. that, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, nice. um, <laughs> he's a cracking yeah. player. Cracking player. Superb, Alex Pritchard is. <laughs> But no, he's, um, yeah, he, he was it was a bit of a disappointment, wasn't he? For for us, we have to say. Um, yeah. I don't think it was ever through lack of effort. It just never happened, did it? For, it just didn't work. Uh, did it? No, it didn't uh, work. It really bizarre, a bizarre one. But, but um, yeah, but, but you know what, there. though, Matt. I know, I know what the uh, the guy uh, was saying there about you know we didn't feel comfortable. But typical town, there was that moment, and I think it was Mason Bennett again. Shoot me if I'm wrong, but they had that one opportunity where they came out. Uh, the keeper at Nichols had to kind of not come totally out. He had to kind of stop, otherwise he'd have wiped him out and give away a penalty. But and he just went round him, and luckily we're kind of off balance. And he hit the the kind of the weakest shot. I think Tom Lee's might have cleared off it. I could be getting all these names wrong to be honest here. But and I just thought at that moment, if that goes in, that that would have ripped the heart of us so bad. That could have done so much mental damage. That because we deserved to win and they had nothing. And to, for them to get like a late equaliser like that, luckily we. It would have put powder puff attempt, but it's just fine lines when you're building confidence, Matt. It's almost like yeah, recovering from a big operation, aren't you? We've we've had such a we've been under surgery for so much of this season that we're getting stronger, yeah. we're getting kind of we're walking about now off as hospital beds and what have you. And it, that would have done a lot of damage that and I think so it was brilliant that you know we kind of got away with that. But that's all they had had it. I can't remember anything else. Sorba should have buried that header, really, but mm. you know, yes. uh, foot of the pot, I think we're more of a bad miss more than a you know, kind of, uh, yeah. kind of. Gary but. Wilkinson says, very compact, finally, we've got our team back. Um, and we've got, um, Bez says, uh, Yutta has said he was trying to cross to Ward, uh, which he was, yeah. And Leo says, Helic was class, deserved his place in the championship team of the week. Uh, and Bez says he thought Kamara was awesome yesterday. And I think that was the point I was going to come to, is you can always tell it's been a pretty decent performance when a lot of people are picking different, players and different man of the match awards yeah. and that's always a really good sign isn't it that your teams your teams had a good performance so uh that's particularly good um one incident which seemed to cause much kerfuffle mr kosmala i know you'd had a, <laughs> a skin fall down there but there was um there's just one woof, wasn't there there was just a a little bit of a um a bit of a, a bit of an issue whereby somebody stole one of these bad boys didn't they um the ball boy. What he the was the, the pantomime what hero, wasn't he, for us? What? 
I, I remember going back quite a lot of years. God, what well, Blackburn Liverpool game, wasn't it? I don't think the Premier League got a cup game or something like that, but there were big issue wanting about about it then. But what are the rules? If an away team want to put the towels on, you know, to, I mean, who's were the the first thing is who's were the towels? Who's were that? Millwalls, I'm assuming. I know, mate. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't. But know. you know what? Wasn't it a weird? The guy who was doing the throwing. Wasn't it such a weird thing that he did because he didn't. He didn't just like kind of do a Ben Jackson kind of just like come back off the advertisement and throw it. He kind of came in from an angle, wasn't it? Really weird, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's he kind of went, I don't know how to do it, but... He he went, went, Oggy was saying it on the commentary on iFollow. They were laughing, Oggy and uh, Matt Glennon, exactly about that. Because they were on about time-wasting Millwall, but he was taking longer to dry the ball than Nichols was holding on to it at times. So it was, they were they were laughing on, um, on iFollow, the uh, radio leads lot. But yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, I don't know, it sort of brought the fans together, though, a little bit. You could hear it on the commentary that everybody was sort of getting, having a good shout at him. I don't know, it brought all three sides of the ground together, it felt like. It, man, man of the like match. Corner, Who are we going man of the match, then? I think we have to give it the ball boy, don't we? Yeah, yeah. He brought everybody. It did something that a lot of managers haven't been able to do, have they? It brought everybody together with one one stroke of genius with a towel. Fair play, that boy. <laughs> oh, that boy. I thought Ref um, was pretty... He went ref work a bit shit, Matt, and, and he didn't really that situation. I mean, from a, he didn't really take control of that situation as well. And then I don't know if you remember the second half, we had an amazing break where someone, but I think it might have been sob, and he brought it brought back. Oh yeah, know, was, oh, that, was yeah. that were Nonsense. appalling. That Ridiculous. an appalling decision. Yeah, yeah he dived and sob would have been him. in. Yeah, I was I was frothing a little bit at that. It's it's amazing, isn't it? If we if we hadn't won that game, I'd have been marking his cards. That referee, it'd have been it'd have been there alongside Jeremy Simpson, but. I don't even know his name because we won, so that's probably a good sign as well. Um, but a you know, things, like Matt, then then that's that. You know, I know he wants so many refs. I know it's going to sound weird, like where they dish the cards out, but he was one of those guys that he, he he were pissing them out, and he walked over, and then he like then the, the player walked back, and then he got his card out. Mate, just fucking get the card out and book <laughs> yeah. him. So because I was watching it for ages, thinking, is he booking him here or not? And you get loads of these refs like that. Yeah, sometimes you had like extravagant like clean straight away with yellow but you were thinking I was watching half of this stuff thinking as he booking him here is he just going to talk to him because you have to yeah. wait for ages and he, he, he would almost like look at me and shh, garbage he were mate a poor ref him. I might have to have a look at who it was actually um, yeah so um, on the way out because it, it got a little bit hairy didn't it um, I did a, a little video for um, the uh, the preview show which um which um, Danny was very kind to lend his voice for. And uh, we did a couple of accents, didn't we? We had more fun, didn't we, doing the accents to each other, didn't we, Danny, on, on WhatsApp than we did actually doing the video. But, yeah, yeah. you know, you were walking out, weren't you? And you obviously heard a couple of, come on, you Huddersfield Slags, didn't you? And, you know, it got a little bit hairy, didn't it, all the, up the old A62, and you don't mate. tend to uh, see a lot of that. It won't go, mate. I had, had, uh, had to get to in at 80 minutes past five. So, as usual, you're thinking, please kick off at second half at four o'clock. And please, like, have plus three. But no, we kick off at four away, and then we have eight minutes stoppage time. So I'm up against it, obviously, with my uh, rotund figure trying to get to the train station. But obviously, Millwall fans had had enough, so they weren't waiting around to watch our celebration. So they went out, and, uh, yeah, there was some uh, tasty kind of guys. But it got... Uh, it's, it's always a bit of a dodgy kind of bit bit now, because they've cordoned off some of the roads, kind of, as you come out of the... past the old gas club and turn left as well as you go towards town, and... And then they were doing their... So I thought, here we go. And then I was kind of stuck in this big bubble of, the, of them and that as well. Luckily, I didn't have any colours on, but it really weird. They walked past the big block of flats up the top. 
And all these people come out of these flats are almost like they were waiting for him. And that I felt like, I don't know what to show that up. I clue them all, but like, come on then. So there were people launching to part of these flats. And it was quite, not really amusing because you don't, shouldn't be laughing and stuff like this. But I was just thinking, what are they going to do here? Because they're not coming down from these flats. So what are they going to do? Just like burst through and like, mate, I've watched your security code so I can get up and like have a fight. But it was just weird. And yeah, as, as you walked up on that as well, it was dark. And because obviously it's getting darker early. And, it won't great, but it's. Uh, I'm afraid if you're letting fans out at the same time, you're always going to kind of get that as well. But it were, uh, yeah. If you had a if, young kids and stuff like that as well, you wouldn't have been very comfortable with it. But it really weird because I was running. I thought I've got to get this train system. It looked like I was running away from her. But yeah, <laughs> I suppose technically I was. But I luckily I managed to get that train. It all well, we're good, and we won. But yeah, uh, yeah. New World had lost, they weren't happy, and yeah, they were looking for some yeah. fun. It's a, sh- it's a shame, isn't it, Danny? Because Millwall's one of those clubs which had a bad reputation in, in the 80s. But I, I speak to one or two of the guys where I'm in, I'm in a championship chat uh, group uh, with uh, other sort of podcast presenters and stuff, and the Millwall guys are, are great. You know, they're really, really decent, down to earth chaps and what have you, and quite kind and, and yeah. what have you. It's, it's just a shame, isn't it? Because they've worked really hard, haven't they, to. Um, to rebuild the image of the club, you know, they tried to bring families in and stuff, and it's always a shame, isn't it, when a couple of small, you know, like a couple of a short number of individuals cause, uh, you know, the reputation of the club. To, yeah, I'm, to bring my down, part, my partner's uh, uncle is a Millwall fan, and he's great and stuff. And he says, again, like with everybody, it's just a minority, but they've got such a. I don't know. I think they've probably just got a slightly bigger minority than a lot of others, but there's lots of great Millwall fans. But there's yeah. just, and you know, it's like when someone's been, when they've come up from London, they've been drinking all day and then they've lost, you know, and I think they probably thought they were going to win as well, which never helps. I think they probably thought they were going to beat us. So that, I don't know, that probably added to it. And I don't know, there was that big thing. Do you remember what happened in Waterloo that time after that playoff yes. set? Yeah, I do, yeah. No, there's all there's a bit of history there, isn't there, as well, I suppose. So I don't know if that's got up to do with it, but yeah. I thought our fans were great yesterday. I thought they got behind the team. And I, and I said to you, Matt, earlier on that, it's really weird when I think of some of the times where, you know, I don't know when, obviously, there were James McLean recently, but like other stuff, stuff where a referee's not right good or there's a bit of, I remember that, obviously, that Palace one all the way and Alan Lee <laughs> tunnel job. And it's, our fans are weird, right? Because... Some of the other stands kind of don't really get involved until they feel there's some unjust. So I think it was really good in a way what happened with the towel and the ball was then a steward, and all that, because it gets everyone involved and it kind of pushed everyone over the line when the team kind of needed it, I thought, in the last 10, 15 minutes. So, yeah, I think kudos to the fans because obviously, and I know kind of Poz and the Cash Love put out kind of one or two posts, which I think we're right saying, look, we might not all agree on this, that, and the other, but we know that if we unite and we get behind the team, that it's going to be so important, especially these home games. And, you know, part of me read that and thought, yeah, it's all right putting it. But, and I know we were winning and that does help because, you know, we're kind of got something to hold on and we're, but no, I've just thought fair play to everyone yesterday. It was a good, good effort. And uh, I, was, I was proud of the team, the, the fans. It was a good night. But, you know, when you're having your beer uh, on a night, you're just thinking, this yeah. is quality, mate. I feel good here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's it. Huddersfield Town won Millwall nil. So uh, we'll move on from from the game uh, great win uh, and we might maybe do a, a Twitter spaces thing on Wednesday night if if we don't get hammered that's usually the rule in it because if we don't get hammered we might jump on Twitter when oh, we get home absolutely <laughs> I mean that guy a few guys one of the which game was it when, when you're coming oh I'm, I'm stuck in traffic oh no I'm going to bed pause and 
Yeah, I ended up doing it on my own. <laughs> yeah. But I was yeah, sat in the, yeah. I was buying comfort food in the McDonald's drive through and you were like going, Matt, where are you? And I'm just like, yeah, I'll be home soon, mate. I sat there, like, five chi- six chicken nuggets, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like I need, I need a milkshake first. Yeah. Let's do but, it. Yeah. Uh, let's but yeah, we, we, we might, we might be back. So keep an eye out for that. Um, okay. So this week we heard the news that Dean Hoyle doesn't feel like he can uh, run the club at full tilt anymore. Like he did before his illness. Um, for me, you've got to respect a bloke who who is quite happy to put his park his ego. He's putting his money in, but he's quite happy to put his ego and and that to one side. And he's he's brought Dave Baldwin uh, in to run the club. Um, I'm sure from all of us at the podcast, Danny Cosy and everyone else that's not on it tonight would wish Dean the very best in his health. Um, but maybe maybe it's the correct call if he can. You know, one thing Dean always used to say is, "You've got to be at it." You know, when you're running a football club like Huddersfield, you've got to be at it. And if he feels that he can't be at it, to use his, his phrase, then maybe it is the time uh, for him to walk away. And But, you know, to his credit, he's, he's secured funding, you know, for however long it takes. So he'll he'll continue to fund the club until um, until a buyer comes along. So I've seen a couple of people go, oh, no, Dean's going out. If we can't sell it quickly, there's going to be administration. There isn't. Dean Hall's promised that he will fund the club until a sale. So anybody that's worried about that, don't be... Um, you know the the current owner will not uh, allow that to happen, and we do say current owner. Uh, we mean that in the sense that he has got twenty five percent, but he's also got seventy five percent authority over of a fill share. So it's a very complicated structure at the minute. He's got power of attorney. Uh, power of attorney. I'm going he man there, aren't I? Uh, power, <laughs> <laughs> power of attorney. I have that power. The but power. he's got uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's got uh, power of attorney. I should say over fill share. So um, you know, Dean is still, Dean is technically. Uh, the man with all the keys, if you like. So, um, so uh, what we've had is so we'll talk about Dean. Um, I always think you should, you know, with regards to owners, you should always try and keep them on the toes. Um, but Dean, you know, he's done quite a lot for the local community as well as the club. Um, the club's had two, you know, a decade in the top two tiers, the longest we've been in the top two tiers for fifty years. I think that's enough to show that his tenure has been success and providing his exit is is clean and fair then i don't think dean will ever really need to buy many drinks in huddersfield if he ever fancies fancies a night out again but uh, let's move on to um uh, dave baldwin so a baldwin at huddersfield used to be when our man richard kosmala found a pub serving madri on draft on an away trip but that is no longer the case the phrase has got a whole new meaning now or estrella i can't remember because whichever one it was you found it at an away game and you were absolutely buzzing that time um for those that haven't seen, he's got a pretty good track record um, at both Bradford and Burnley. He's, he was voted CEO of the year in the AFL at one point. Uh, he did an interview uh, on YouTube, which you can see on Huddersfield's main YouTube channel. Stephen Chicken's obviously done a story as well. Uh, he got to interview uh, Dave Baldwin, so always you know, ch- make sure to check them both out. Um, so a little bit about why he's here. He was brought in to assist with the club share from Phil to Dean. He talks about uh, how that's a lengthy process and the FCA, approv- FCA approval of the transfer. And that effectively uh, means that you have to submit a three-year business plan. Uh, what we do know is that Phil signed everything over to Dean in May, pretty much at the you know at the playoff final. Um, and, and Dave says it takes three months minimum with the FC- FCA and that the AFL are still asking questions about the plan and the funding. So that's still on target to be completed. Um what it means in regards to Dave Baldwin coming in for a new um, 
for or trying to find a new owner. He describes himself as the gatekeeper. So uh, he will be the one making the decision on the new owner or the next owner. He'll field the inquiries. Uh, he's got to, you know, he'll deal with the brokers who act on behalf of potential buyers, any that come in directly. Um, he mentions he's got links with Abu Dhabi, Dubai, um, and he's got a lot of consultancy experience in mergers and acquisitions, which is which is quite interesting. Um, he also says he won't specifically rule in a type or a DNA of a person because uh, that could mean that certain people don't want to apply. But I don't know about you, Danny, but when I watched the interview, um, despite him being a Bradford fan, we can just put that park that to one side for a minute. I actually felt like the club was in a good place. And I felt that Huddersfield town was in a better place than I thought it was a week ago. Um, you know, with Dave as the, the CEO, he, he's, he's got great experience at, at both Bradford and Burnley. Yeah. And he's, uh, he seems like a, he seems like a really good fit for Huddersfield town as well. Yeah. He seemed um, switched on and intelligent and he was honest. And um, obviously when he was saying about the stuff that he's been involved with, he's like sort of perfect for the role at the moment. And that he'll give us that, um, don't know certainty at the moment, which is exactly what we need, especially in the position we're in. I think he um, he came across really well, and like you said, um, I don't know. I think he could be really helpful, really, because even though he's not probably going to get involved much with on the field stuff, obviously, it just feels like when you've got a safe pair of hands in there, I think it does bleed down into the day to day of the football club as well. So I think he's um, yeah, he seemed great in that interview and all the stuff he was saying about. He's helped other people acquire other football clubs and stuff like that. I think it's I think it's really good. And I think Dean, you know, Dean's been amazing. But also I think one thing that Dean most of the time gets right is who he picks to um, help him do these things. So he's had great people in before Dean. And I think this guy's really clever sort of acquisition. And I think he'll really, he'll really do well. Go on, Cosy. You're always a backer of bold, aren't you? Yeah, man, yeah, just kind of what you said, really, and that as well. I think for me, kind of unpacking it, I th- without because of this, the interview didn't come straight away, but the day after, maybe two days after, what have you, my first thoughts were shit, uh, oosh, Dean's going, who's, there's not a lot happening, kind of taking over that you're thinking, what's going to happen in January? Uh, there's not going to be much funding, you wouldn't have thought. and all of a sudden, for a guy that we've pretty much known, obviously fill in between, but it's like it's like anything. It's like oh my god! It's like the uncertainty of, of life is always the, one of the weirdest things when you go back to COVID and none of us knew what was going to happen and what we could do and this, that, and the other. It used to be horrible, didn't it? And the, I kind of had that weird feeling, but yeah, just what you were saying there, Danny and, and Matt before the, the interview, where uh, it came across really, really. Well. I think. Felt like we've got a bit of a coup, to be honest, uh, Matt. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, you can't argue. Like you said, we're CEO of the year, and uh, the f- I-, I loved his energy. Uh, I love the fact he mentioned, didn't he, that uh, he misses that when he went in charge, kind of at the EFL, he missed the, you know, on the Saturday. Uh, I-, I could really oh, associate with that, like as a as a fan. Yeah, you know that, you know, we've won or we've lost or whatever. You know how it is, and and yeah, that that was really really good and. I liked what he kind of said about January and the fact that the, there's obviously discussions already about what, what we've got to play with and what we need and stuff. So he just felt a football man, to be honest, Matt. And Burnley, he can't argue with what he did there, mate. And uh, the fact that... And, and I do like the fact as well, I know, God, let's hope we don't go down then to them level with Bradford because 
administration and, and the struggle there. Not not so he's kind of gone from one extreme to aren't he? Really, where like a, a league two, you know, struggling, free transfers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah, we've got. I think we've we've comes across as a bit of a coup on that as well. So uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I chat to Richard Sutcliffe about him because Sutty uh, likes Burnley and obviously Bradford and that as well. Uh, he said uh, he nice thought his interview were really good at that as well. And uh, yeah, he says he's a really good operator. So uh, he said that so it'll be uh, he's a stand-up guy. So Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cozzy, what, what's your favorite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is a guy who, I think Uddersfield people need a stand-up guy that, like Sutty was saying that, we don't, I think this, this Dean that's come back and obviously his health and that as well is a different Dean to the one that we uh, saw in the first spell, Canal Side Q&As and stuff like that as well. Because yeah. it's ironic, Matt. We were only chatting last week about the, you know, this Q&A that did it. I don't even know if it's happened. Was it meant to be last week or whatever? But the mystery never, behind yeah. it and how it kind of came about. Yeah. No, it was just, it was good. It just felt we we're kind of heading in the right direction of this guy. But he's got so much work to do because, like say, if, you know, Dean wanting to kind of step down. This guy's got to find a kind of buyer. And, and for me, I, I said to you, uh, you were really weird, wasn't it? Uh, I think Brady put something in our group, didn't it? Saying, oh, if a Saudi kind of businessman had come up in like Newcastle, etc., how would you feel about it? And kind of pause, I think, was saying this is, I don't think a lot of fans would give a shit because like we'd, you know, we'd have the money rolling in and we'd do well, etc. But for me, I just think it's total opposite. Everyone's different. But for me, no matter what I do, whether where I work or, you know, my friends and stuff. Values are massive for me. Values are massive for me. Like people who are honest, people who, uh, you know, got the heart. And you know, in I know football's a murky industry, isn't it? With you know, some people talk a good game, and then you know, you see, oh, they've moved these shares here and run there and left, and they leave clubs in the shit. And you thought, bloody hell, hang on, this guy. I thought, you know, we're, we're kind of good for this club. We'd be so lucky, I think, kind of with Dean and even for Phil, even though some people might not agree with that, but. I think, yeah, it just felt, I just felt, come away from that, felt certainly the interview a bit of a coup. And honestly, I think this is kind of a guy who will, well, like sort of said, he'll front up and, yeah, the Burnley people speak highly of him and that as well. I, I've spoken to a few Bradford people who, who really like him. And yeah, it's, uh, and, then, and then the win on Saturday, it just felt a good few days, mate, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he's uh, mentioned, um, let me have a look. So I've made some notes here. Um, he mentions he won't specifically rule a, a type of person in or out, which we mentioned, but he talks, they were very careful about mentioning the assets as well, because I think reading between the lines there, they didn't want uh, town fans to feel like the waters were being muddied and they wanted to be honest and upfront. And so I think the questions, I think they're trying to head off questions that town fans might ask. So 
town fans are obviously going to say, well, what happens with Canal Side? Who owns it? What's the structure there? What happens with the stadium? Uh, what happens with the share, etc., and and all this? And and he he mentions that um, in terms of assets, uh, the new owner will come in. The idea behind it, uh, whether I've got this wrong, seems to be that the new owner will come in and purchase the club, which includes Canal Side. Um, he mentions that the football club are looking to become the lead tenant of the stadium with. Uh, KSDL effectively um, the ones that are running the stadium now will will, will go away. Um, so Huddersfield will run it. The Giants will be a subtenant, uh, and it will be down to Huddersfield Town to organise things that go on around the stadium. Um, there are, and I think this one of the stumbling blocks about this is that there's a lot of work needs doing at the stadium. It's um, how old is it now? It's twenty eight years old, is it? Yeah. So. It needs. Did they um, say eight think, million pounds? I'm sure that a quarter. Yeah, I think there's this. Eight yeah, million pounds. I've I've heard that it's between eight and twelve mil of heavy plant machinery work, which I don't really know exactly what that is, but it's a lot. And I believe Kirkley's were going to loan Huddersfield Town the money to uh, to cover that an interest free loan, and Huddersfield and they would pay it back through you know running the stadium, etc. Um, what Dave Baldwin? So he mentions three outcomes specifically at the end. Outcome one, stay up, which is obviously important to needing to sell this, you know, sell the club on because a championship club's a lot more um, inviting than a League One club. Uh, outcome two, to be able to get the stadium to be in control of Huddersfield Town and then they can maximise revenue, minimise exposure costs, uh, and then find and then outcome three is to find the right custodian to take the club forward. From what we've seen as well is that, you know, he mentions FCA approval, et cetera, and EFL, the owners and directors test. That's not a quick process. You can't just pop out like you can to Morrison's, you know, hand your card over. There we go. That's mine. I'm taking this home. It, it doesn't work like that. You've got to set out, you know, a complete business plan of what's going on. It takes months for it to go through. And then, you know, you've got you set your three-year plan out, et cetera, a rolling three-year plan. And uh, so it's not going to be quick. So they do mention January, the transfer window, and that Huddersfield Town might be able to refresh a few things. So uh, Dean will obviously have to front that financially. Um, and I think the interesting bit as well, guys, is the stadium. Um, I've always thought the stadium's not really utilised to its... Uh, that's another podcast name, isn't it? With Nakayama there, utilised. But I don't think it's ever used fully for its full... Um, full potential so uh like we did a um an interview for the uh the 100 years since the fa cup uh with htsa so i went down to the stadium and met the guys that were recording it and we went into the boardroom and i think what struck me was we walked into the stadium and there's nobody there literally there's there might be someone there might be a groundsman doing bits and bats there's someone on reception but when you walk in it's, it's dead you know the ticket office i don't think was open at the time uh, and you're walking around the stadium. We walked up, didn't see anybody into the boardroom. The boardroom yeah. was laid out so we could use it. And then we walked through into the heritage suite. I actually saw Earl Crabtree. Earl Crabtree was pinning posters up in the White Rose Club. Uh, it, I thought that were amazing. Big Earl's like doing all the uh, the posters rather than someone who works at the club. Well, he does work at the club, but you know he, he's doing all the work for the Giants. And that was it, really. I saw Earl. We walked around out into the... Um, where the away fans sit, took some pictures, walked back in and out through the exit. And that was it. I only saw Earl Crabtree and the receptionist in the whole stadium. And it just feels like it's so underutilized. And we didn't have a concert, did we, from about 2005 to when, who was it who came? There was Little Mix and Girls Aloud came about 10 years later. So it just feels like there's, 
KSDL haven't really used it to its full full potential. And I do think there's a lot that they can do there. And, and match day is cosy. For example, if Huddersfield Town were to um, create like a supporters bar in or around the ground, would would people go to it? Would they, you know, would you sort of go, oh shit, it's raining or it's cold afterwards? Would you then sort of file out of the away end and then maybe go into a supporters bar if it was on premise or in one of the stands? Um, there's there's a lot that like people can do. do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the Brighton do that. Uh, Walsall, Walsall have a brilliant supporters club, don't they? At the side, when you go into Walsall, they've got a really sort of cracking Phoenix mm. Knights kind of set up there, haven't they? And you go in and it's really good. But you know, there's a, there's all it's sorts that you feel that they can it, do. Because I do, I do. Obviously, we we, we were chatting with Phil before, and I think he had these ideas of these supporters bars and this, that, and the other. And then obviously the cinema there. So there's people kind of come in like Monday to Friday, but you've seen stuff closed down even around there. Wasn't the hotel meant to be built or and yeah, it's the one. So it's kind of you think, yeah, there's a lot more that could be done in that as well. But I think I think the interesting thing for me is like if you what did quite a bit of damage for me, Matt, with some of my friends was the uh let me get this right, the the bar, what's it called? The Led no Legends Bar. I don't know what it is, Legends. but basically when uh, we went to the oh. A lot of people yeah. use this bar. Uh, it's just next to the swimming pool, wasn't it? Uh, in the promotion season and a couple of seasons before that, I know a lot of people did that, and then they they binned them uh, for I think they using it for corporate or something. But basically, all you had to have a member. Someone will know better than me, but I know a few people like well, hang on a minute. You know, so they they like well, bollocks to it. You know, we're going to stay in town and stuff. So, but I do think if you could kind of build something like that, I mean, you've seen that you know, the fan, obviously the canal side. Fan park that was got big in the Premier League. Then we went and did the thing. I always thought it was a bit of a low budget affair. Uh, obviously, they had to do something, but you know, back at the South Stand car park where the golf range used to be and that as well. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I always smile that I mean, Scarborough, where I spent a lot, so much time, the open air theatre there, when they didn't have many like big names and they signed a deal with, I think, the Sheffield Arena kind of. Um, company as, as well and obviously they've had some amazing uh god i'm gonna sound really old turns and stuff but no like i don't know, like britney spears did she see him like two years ago yeah. so i think things like that it depends how much you kind of i mean because there's massive competition for like stadium gigs now and that matt it, there's so many places uh, you know since the leeds arena's come that that's kind of you know made it even harder i think kind of for west yorkshire kind of places to go but i think it just boils out how much do we want to do something but when you don't own like the most of it and that as well and and obviously you think well why should you bother and that as well and uh, it always used to get on my nerves the fact that you know when you hear them figures eight to twelve million you're thinking why are we having to foot the bill there's other people involved with it as well what are KSDL doing and I remember putting out a tweet like eating out about KSDL and someone they must work for me were like coming back we're like well what out your funding what how are we supposed to do all this when your funding's been cut so I kind of got the impression that this guy must be, know people or works there, and he were like, "So, yeah, maybe bigger picture, mate. It would be good if uh, it, it believes Dave Bowman kind of hinted it were pretty near, didn't it? I thought so. It's going to be sooner rather than later, but I do think that you know when when you think about King and getting the shares back, Matt, back in the day, God, we're talking a lot of years ago now. I remember Dean saying, "Oh, what would even Phil again? You know that it hadn't been the big." Uh, great benefit that we all thought, you know, when we got the kind of the shares back and stuff and we haven't got the, the stuff out of it. So it's, uh, it'd be interesting how they're going to make it work. But in principle, mate, it sounds, uh, sounds a good thing. And I, I don't, 100%, I'd uh, 
back in support if we had a free match like uh, supporters bar we could watch games and I don't know it's kind of a sports bar during the week I, I, I'd swing around there mate hopefully others would as well interesting isn't it so uh, just having a quick look uh, online um, I did ask the question um, what people thought uh, Bez says I'd like another guy like Dean don't want one of these consortiums they seem so impersonal and that's not really us at all uh, and with regards to the stadium, it says you don't utilise something, you won't get the financial benefit from. Town don't get enough of the benefits to make it worthwhile. I think that's probably a good point, actually, because the, the split at the minute is 40-40-20, isn't it? And you would kind of think, well, if Huddersfield Town are taking on 100% of the debt for the, the new stuff, uh, you know, the new uh, repairs and whatnot, and then anything Huddersfield do would take, or Huddersfield Town would do, would take 40% profit back, you would kind of think, well, that's a little bit, imbalanced isn't it yeah um so i tell you some of them that I'd, that just that'd make a real difference for our stadium and I, I saw it when i went to spain the other week so i went to watch uh villarreal were playing in uh, a place called uh, levantis which is the second stadium in valencia but they've had a massive stadium refurb done and they had an absolutely huge big screen mate which compared to where before it made all the difference man it like got the crowd interacting it had like replays on it, it were a real focal point in the stadium. And I look around our little tin potty thing and that as well. I just think if you had a, a real big screen, I don't know, something bolted onto the top of there, maybe the north stand or something like that as well, you'd get the advertisers and stuff like that. I, I really think you could make it work and, and stuff. You could have, can you imagine like having the, the penalties, you know, the kind of the dizzy penalties and stuff? I just something like that. But I remember when, when we, because you remember the, the scoreboards changed. It's quite old, that other one now, isn't it? But before yeah. we had another one, I was just like, he used to point to corner one. Do you remember that computer graphic? Look, that's <laughs> Rocket Ronnie Jepsen one. Catchphrase, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. Kind of, just what that tweeter just said there, so that the guy has just messaged in on the, on the comments. It's like, why would you want to spend big money on that? Kind of a speculative one. You're not getting the benefits out of it. But just some of that I saw on this day, I thought, wow, it... I know that the stadium a nice roof and it, and they've done some stuff outside, but ultimately I just thought, bloody hell, that what a, it, the noise were loud, everything and stuff, it were really, really good. And I just think that's just an example there where we could do better, really. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's the ground as well, isn't it, Danny? So there's like HD1 is never going to get done, is it? Let's let's be honest. Oh, it's like H done, isn't it? Not HD1, yeah, H done. It, it's just, it needs private investment and, Nobody's privately investing in, in Huddersfield, as, as sad as it yeah. is. Um, but it does feel like that temporarily they could do they could do things, couldn't they, around the back? And I know they tried to put the a fan zone around the back, didn't they, Cosy? And they, I remember seeing the pictures and it looked like there were comments from, I think it were Leeds fans saying it looked like Chernobyl, didn't they? And and it sort of had like it had puddles everywhere and kids sat at <laughs> benches didn't they, next to big puddles and, <laughs> and all sorts. And they like yeah, the the street the street food things all right at the front and stuff, but it's not massive, is it? And I don't think it quite fully entices you to spend more time there. And I do think the um, I do think the the thing they do with the kids, you know, where they've uh, they've changed the shop. One of the um, what do you call them? We used to call them terrapins at school, but it's like um, almost like a shed, isn't it? A cat pot, like yeah. a potty cabin, and. Oh, yeah. um, They've, they've changed that into like a, a room where the kids go and they play for table football and FIFA and stuff like that's really good. And then they have the lining up for uh, shot, you know, power shots outside yeah, yeah. the uh, the Riverside stand and stuff. And stuff like that's really good. It's just, I don't feel they're very well known or, or whip these things up. And 
I think probably if they did whip these things up online, that people would sort of snark back at them, wouldn't they? Quite a lot, because as, as yeah. such as social media is. But I do, I do think it's underutilized. Like I say, the stadium. I just, I'm just, I don't know exactly what they can do. And there's a culture thing, isn't there? With Huddersfield fans, where it's, it's cultural to turn up ten minutes before kickoff. I do it. I'm not going to slag anyone off for it. I do this. I turn up five minutes before kickoff and I go home after kickoff. You know, I don't hang around. Um, yeah. And it's just habit it's nothing personal it's just what we do and as soon as you're walking out of your seat back down they're clothed they're pulling the shutters down everything it's it's kicking out time and it doesn't feel like somewhere where you're allowed or you want to stay around because you're pretty much getting kicked down the stairs aren't you on the way out i suppose, I suppose because the clubs never felt that they fully have like carte blanche to do what they want at the stadium it, it's mm. never felt joined up the thinking around it it's always felt a little bit like when Phil put that blue carpet in. It's always it feels like bits of stuff, but yeah. it doesn't feel like it's like all part of one idea to get it buzzing down there. So even though they've got stuff, you go, oh, if you're going to go, it, you might as well go that extra level. Do you know what I mean? And I know it, these things cost money, but you do end up making that money back if you if you could create an atmosphere that you know puts another thousand on you know ticket sales every week. But I think. They, they try, but it just doesn't feel like it's joined up. And then there's all that down by the riverside, you know, down the, by the main stand. But then there's nothing in the other bits of the stadium. So if you've got to go all the way there and then walk back round, and I don't know, yeah, they need to think about it like in joined in a joined up way because it just yeah. feels sometimes a little bit like sporadic. Oh, we're going to do this, then we're going to do that, and then we're going to do this. But it never feels like it's all one plan, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and it never feels like I they go the through with it 100% matter. either. It's like half Yeah, it's sort of like half-hearted. It's half-hearted yeah. because they're not sure. But you, I understand that because this sort of the stadium itself is half-hearted because it, they don't really own it, do they? So, you know, it's chicken and the egg, the I one think. Thing, the one thing Matt kind of just went back into Baldwin's, uh, you know, kind of uh, video is I the one thing that kind of was ringing in my ears when I kind of put finished the, watching it is we have to stay up. We yeah, have to. Yeah. It'd be absolute. I know it's an odd thing to say, and I've heard it before. It could be good to have a reset division one league one. While asking to switch Charlton fans if they're like yeah, reset yeah. or ship a Wednesday, we don't. We have to stay up at all costs, mate, for the to get better new one and everything like that as well. So anyone who's thinking, oh, like, you know, or no, should we even think that bloody hell we were in a playoff final last year. But it's like that. That's the big thing for me, and and I just felt wow, the pressure's really on Matt following on his team and. To stay in the vision, really, we, bloody hell, we should be expected more than that. But I just thought it, it were almost like, did you what think? Because he'd gone from his, you know, and it, I think Fotheringham must have heard this interview as well because he were like talking, he's going about his playoffs. And I know most of them players were relegation players, well, Matt, but yeah. it almost like <laughs> yeah. he kept saying, we have to stay up, we've, we've got to stay up. And, and that, it, it were really interesting. It were like kind of Dave Bob has gone in and like gone in, guys, we have to stay in this division. and I think more than ever now we need to, you know, make sure that we're playing championship football. And I think what you know, we're a little bit worrying on Friday when it's like Birmingham, a team you're expecting to uh, kind oh, of be down. Good as well, weren't they? Like, they were yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, you're looking around, you're thinking, who else? But but then Matt West Brom, I'm not saying that I watched quite a lot of that game. They were awful, mate. They were absolutely dreadful. And then part of you thinks, oh, that's good because obviously there's other teams as bad as uh, as what you. Think and Middlesbrough are not. Carrick's got a bit of a reality check, and they lost last minute against Preston. And so, yeah, it's good that there's others in in the in the SHIT. But uh, 
yeah, we've got to stay up, but more performances like yesterday, mate, and we will. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what they will do. I wonder what they'll do in January because that, that um, Kessler Hayden and Luke Mbete, if they're not going to play, do you reckon? I mean, can they send them back and get some different? Yeah, loads? I think every season-long loan has a break clause at a certain point yeah. where you can you can um, send them back if if needs be. I mean, King Kessler Hayden looked really promising, didn't he, at first? And maybe yeah. there's a maybe there's a role for him at some point, but Luke and Betty looked not long for the championship. It looked like he perhaps needed to start a little bit lower without being unkind. He probably needed to start a little bit lower down in the pyramid, didn't he, to work his way up. But you never know. He might, wonder he what might he'll do come up. good. Who knows? wonder what he'll do. Wednesday, Matt, we know Thomas and maybe no Turton. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think with the way we play, I think you're probably looking at Conor Mahoney, would you say, for Sober Thomas, just for the set-piece delivery, if, yeah. if anything. Um, I mean, Conor Mahoney was a punt, wasn't he? That was a punt um, <laughs> when we signed him. Um, but he's got to start delivering to justify the the signing. So maybe he's the one. Uh, ben Jackson's done well. Kane Kessler Hayden, perhaps, you know, there's a chance there. Yeah, I was thinking him. I ain't given Pat up Jones, him, mate. I don't know how not. far he is away. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And it, what, what's up you with, know, do you know what's up with Tino, though? Because I miss Glandu- Tino. Yeah, glandular fever. So that's fever. really sapping. It's sapping, isn't it? Glandular fever. It can. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. Ba- I think he's back in training, but I'm not sure at what stage. Yeah, he's at, someone but... told me. At Mouth, I went to watch the under 19s on uh, Wednesday. Someone called to me. Says we've got not better to do. I thought, bloody hell, there I am trying to support our grassroots, and I'm getting abused by uh, people at Canal Side. But yeah, apparently he's been training. Uh, the Jonathan Hogg thing interests me though, Matt, and and the interview that. Uh, the boss gave on the Thursday. That felt like a guy who was nowhere near coming back to me. Yeah. I, I was shocked when Catherine Anna like said Jonathan Hogan. She pushed, she pushed him on it, and they were like, "Well, geez, we need to get him back." But he didn't. Yeah, it's a bit. Of a yeah, strange it's a strange. One, isn't it? it is a strange one, isn't it? Because you you worried, aren't you, that with Kasumu's track record for injury and suspension, he could mm-hmm. go at any any moment and then you've got Kamara who's fan- who I think he's fantastic you know a 19 year old kid but it, you can't yeah. really expect him to play 40 start well he'd be starting 30 odd games wouldn't he from now to the end of the season it's not realistic so we need Hoggy back at, at some point we need John Russell to pick up as well and from where he was yeah. last season and come back in and potentially that's an area for January as well you've got to sort of think haven't you and, yeah. and whatnot but I'll tell you what's yeah. funny Matt when you're uh, you know when you come into ground you mentioned that coming to ground late earlier on but Brambo does that thing, doesn't he, where he gives subs first. And I walked into the ground, it's like, Johnny Russell. And then for a minute, because I'd had a drink, I thought, bloody hell, is John Russell starting? And then when he like, <laughs> uh, Bill Akovich, keep, I thought, oh, actually, they're better subs. Because <laughs> I, I didn't get my notification for team list yesterday. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. totally that to me, man. That's it, mostly online. I think we're, we're tailing off. So if, if you guys watching online, if you could be so kind as to click the like button, the reason I ask is because it um, it helps promote the podcast and put it under uh, under the Huddersfield Town hashtag. Guys, we've got one, two, three, four, five ghosts in the uh, background there. Um, can you see, Cozzy, Danny, who those five ghosts are? I don't think you'll get two of them. And what? online as well, if you can get those online. I but I'm going to give the answer so you have to be quick. The, uh... <laughs> can you see them? They're just... On the bottom I can line, see, I can see the guy, the one in the middle is Dear Carvey, isn't it? That's right, yeah. But I can't quite make the other, two, the other lot out. Who's that there? He looks like Larry David, that guy there. 
Cozzy will know that. Cozzy loves him. Can you see it, Cozzy? Is that? I'm fathering him, isn't it? First one, isn't no, it? No, 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 no. No fathering him. Is it not? No, they're, they're all ex-players that would be on the uh, Halloween list, if you like. Right. So... The, first, the two on the left are from the That's 90s. Ben Thornley, is that Ben Thornley nope. and Matt? No. Nope. No. Not the, the, fact, the two on the left are from the 90s. Dear Carby. And then on the right, the old one. I'm sure you get the old, the old elderly gentleman there. Uh, ex-conservative, uh, M- not MP, but ran for conservatives of Huddersfield. Against Barry Sheathouse. And lost. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the one on the far mind. right is a difficult <laughs> one. Anybody? No, not Ben Thornley, oh. Bez. I'm on online. Tim Clark is correct. Well done, Leo. So Tim oh, Clark yeah. is yeah. Tim Clark is second from the left. Yeah. Uh, it's the it's the ones wide left and wide right you're going to struggle with. Wide right because he was in my Huddersfield Town worst eleven when we did the Whoppers and Weapons team. He was at right back in my worst ever team, and I went on a rant about his performance away at Tranmere once. Cent- uh, the the one on the far left is a centre back that Neil Warnock signed in the nineties, and he was absolutely shackpank. He was he played. Matt I think we got him from Doncaster. No, not Matt Wells. We got him from Doncaster, and he played centre back. And I think oh. he played in that defeat to Barnet at Leeds Road. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You're gonna have right. to tell us. There's no not idea. many coming in. Can can nobody see Ken Davy? Yeah, Ken I can Davey. now. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, yeah. <laughs> Ken Davey, bless him, is there. Um, Tim Clark, Adama Diakabi, and the wide boys on the right-hand side is Steve Baker, who we had on loan from Middlesbrough. And, uh, honestly, I'll never forget that game away at Tranmere. It's going to set me <laughs> off again, is that. And then wide on the left, Cosy, I thought you'd have got this. Big strapping centre-back, could barely run. Danny G used to laugh at the way he ran because he ran like a T-Rex with his arms up all like this. Um, rhymes with Dick's. Stuart. Stuart Hicks, isn't it? Stuart yeah. Hicks, that's the one. Yeah. Big that's Stuart the, Hicks. The Vi leader, the Vi leader man. That beautiful exactly, player. yeah. Stuurt Hicks. Uh, Stephen Murray leader. got in there with Ken Davy. So that's it. So the last thing for the pod is I stuck out a a nice little tweet asking for Huddersfield Town nightmares for Halloween. So you guys never let me down. Ever, ever, ever. So let's have a look. Let's find our here we go. We've got 15 replies. Uh, and then you two, I'll, I'll give you two minutes to think about your own Huddersfield yeah, Town yeah. nightmares. So uh, the, the tweet said, we're back recording tonight for our Halloween special, but tell us, what are your favourite worst Huddersfield Town horrors? I almost, Danny said, favourite worst nightmares, but last time I did an Arctic Monkeys pun, it went down really, really bad, and Brady never lets me forget that. Brady <laughs> Frost. Uh, Martin Shaw says, been 6-0 down at half-time against Barnsley on TV. Pundits sharing the special bookie bets of it reaching double figures by the end. Oh, I remember that. I was so angry. And then you're waiting for that one. Well, yeah. Oh, Delroy scored in front of you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. We went absolutely berserk. Yeah. <laughs> Delroy. Oh, what a stinker that was. Uh, Neil Berry, Bez, he's watching online as well. He says, waking up one Sunday morning in 1977, opening the paper to see Huddersfield Town FC, Thrice Champions, FA Cup winners. Sitting 91st in the football league, it has never been as bad since. So, yes, wow. next time you're whinging about being mid table in the championship or whatever, always think back to 1977 if you can remember it. I, well, I don't think we can because he might, but I mean, Danny can't. I can't. Um, Gabe, Gabe's M16 
says Danny Williams. <laughs> Danny Williams flashed his privates on live TV as we are forward up in the Premier League. It's something I doubt we will ever see again. I remember yeah. that. I don't, I don't think any of us have ever felt like a proper man since, have we? Since that no, moment. No, no. <laughs> Danny Williams. Um, yeah, that was a cracker, wasn't it? Uh, Will Shaw says, taking my Cypriot University housemate to Stockport away on a snowy February night. We lost and it was bitter. The great benefit was the opera singer guy singing Barry Horn in absolute style. I say this every time that comes up. I started that chant believe it or not, in the, um, they call it the jungle, don't they, in the Riverside, low, in the, yeah, Riverside lower to the right, because I'd, I'd heard Man United fans singing it for Andy Cole, and I would nicked it, and I remember being away at Barnsley, and the guy used to proper belt out the, oh, Barry Horn, it was, it was like, almost like one Cornetto kind of type thing, it was, it was brilliant, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, Mark Harrison says, I did attend the Main Road Massacre, honest, all right, Phil, uh, two six loss at Scunthorpe was pretty horrific too. Uh, yeah, I remember that six two. I was at that six two at Scunthorpe and boo the scoring. And I always remember what a weapon Terry Barwick was that day who played for Scunthorpe. I don't never forgot that. Uh, Films Charlie says we've had a few Dracula goalkeepers over the years with a severe fear of crosses. Um, I almost picked Scott Bevan to go on this uh, on this calendar on this bottom list here, but went with Tim Clark in the end. Uh, Alan Bentley says got to win Man City away in November nineteen eighty seven ten one defeat. We should have been 2-0 up in the first 15 minutes when it all went wrong. Uh, Trevor Cole says, Bradford away. I can't remember the year, but Jacko was in defence, getting chased all the way from the ground to the interchange. Then the bus was pelted with bottles passing every every pub up Bradford Road just because it had Huddersfield written as its destination. Uh, that would have been like 93-4, I think. I think we lost 3-0 at, at Bradford, um, which wasn't very good. I think that might have been that Warnock season with Hicks and what have you. Um, Michael Eastwood says that own goal against Stoke, epic. I think that must be mean Janino Bakuna. Luke says Peterborough, Old Trafford. You had to go there, Luke, didn't you? You just had to go there. Uh, Leo says Stoke City have to be our Halloween team for own goals for and against Prudo and Bakuna. Andy Kay says Macclesfield away, walking from the ground after, and two Macclesfield fans saying how shite we were and not being able to argue. Yeah, that's a that's a stinker in it. And then you've got Richard Clow saying also Macclesfield away. Left my ticket at home behind the clock. Had to pay in. Paid twice for a four 0 loss. That's painful. Uh, that's definitely painful. Um, PJ Toom says the debut of Kwame Hadutu. Uh, no idea what the hell was going on, but we say him for one atrocious half of football and then never again. Phil Senior tells a really funny story about how Kwame Hadutu ran over a squirrel on the way to training and just couldn't get over it and ended up leaving leaving the club. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, driving into Leeds Road, drove over a squirrel and couldn't get over it and left the country. Um, so there we go. Pip Dunn says, 16th of October, 1993. Here we go. Newly promoted Barnet come to Leeds Road on the back of 10 straight defeats and a draw. Town go one up early on. We expect the inevitable goal fest. Barnet get a man sent off and knock in two and take the three points back home as their first win in the third tier. I remember that. We had two goals disallowed that game, and I remember my uncle. My uncle, or great-uncle, is, I think he's 96. He's, he's in his, he's, no, he's not that old. He's, he's, he's um, born in 1930, so he's 92. Uh, I remember him turning around to me, and obviously being 92, he's, he's seen his fair share of teams. He first went in 1936, so that's the first time he started going. And yeah, and he turned around that game and looked at everyone and just went and just deadpan just went, 
this is the worst Huddersfield Town team I've ever seen. And that's honestly, that has stuck with me. This guy must have seen hundreds of games, you know, home and away since the 1930s. And that was the worst team he'd ever seen. And um, I might have to speak to him again and see if he's had any uh, any advance on, on that team. But uh, that's it. So, Cosy, have you got a Huddersfield nightmare? I'm sure you can think of many. Yeah, plenty, mate. I remember one uh, that's... My friend, uh, big Barnsley fan, he said, oh, uh, Friday night game, we were live on Sky. Come on, I will go in anyway. Like, yeah, stop at ours, we'll go out. We'll have a big night out around Barnsley after. And uh, half of the way had gone, mate, when uh, when I were meeting him and that as well. Barnsley, it was November 1998, 27th. Barnsley 7, others who have won it. We were absolutely disgraceful. Darren Barnard scored one of the best goals I think I've ever seen oh, yeah. live. He, like, yeah. blasted off his left foot, but... I just remember sat on this wall, uh, waiting for my friend to come out of that Ponty Road in at Barnsley, and Jesus Christ, I never needed alcohol more in my life than I ever did that that <laughs> night and that as well. But uh, hey, Matt, this is going to be controversial. That band that used to be at North Stand. Yep. When we oh, do you remember when we had stadium. George Donis and they used to play the whole Greek plate smashing yeah, music? Mate, I thought, yeah, Well, I support. <laughs> obviously, these Ryan's have got a band and that as well. So there's obviously yeah, it divides opinion there, but. I just thought, what are we doing with that? Yeah. <laughs> Probably people listening to that were involved, in it, but it was just one me with that. It all sort of came from that Sheffield Wednesday one, didn't it? The Sheffield Wednesday band, yeah. they were the sort of original. original I'm trying to, uh, desperately scratching about, Matt, trying to find this, but I'm certain we were on live. I remember just thinking, a Russell Town had in the non league football, but we played a game against Yeovil. I'm sure it were live on Sky on a Friday night. League and one, yeah. Leon Best absolutely ran as, ran as ragged. Yeah, I think it that was it, three, uh, three one, I think. Three or four. What it three one, but it, it felt like about eight. I think it might, I just it might have been ten of what it felt like. Yeah. I remember chatting and I'm thinking, what is this? Like your villain. I just thought, God, the people have gone now. I just thought Usher Town uh, could do it all to me and end up in National League at that point. Obviously, yeah, things changed for the better, but yeah, obviously it's a lot worse than what we've mentioned there. But it's just yeah, it could go on. It's really weird, isn't it? You kind of Remember some of your worst points more than your best. Yeah, Matt yeah, Pudo yeah. were mentioned there. He's someone stole my thunder that um, messaged in there because, yeah, he was definitely on it. What a guy. Oh, and, Danny. <laughs> and the fact that he did it again and all, didn't he? What a legend. Yeah, when he came back with Bradford, yeah. Uh, go on, Danny, <laughs> what have you got? Mine, mine is the Peterborough uh, playoff final because I wasn't there. I was working in New York on a play, so I was watching it on my laptop and I was in this apartment that I was renting and I was so livid at the third goal, and I'm not normally like this. I picked up a lamp at the side of the bed and threw it, and it smashed, and they charged me $400 for it. <laughs> not, only did we, not only did we lose, I lost $400. Gutted. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a great day, that was it. And it was it was even oh. it was hard watching it on TV and not being there as well, even though, you know, it was rubbish. It was... yeah. yeah. Sometimes, sometimes another, when you're actually at the ground, you can rationalise it better, can't you, than listening yeah, to it? Yeah, I think so. It. It's, it's weird. Another yeah. one, Matt, I remember that Friday night, my Leeds fans ringing me up saying, God, mate, you'll win tomorrow. Brian McDermott, Chilino's oh. getting chased out. Oh, oh yeah. Out. Oh, that was yeah. bad. That was, Chilino's yeah. getting chased out of car park by fans. We're in crisis, McDermott shit. I think next, what were it, 5-1? Five, 5-1. One. Five, one, yeah. Char- yeah, Charity FC turned up, didn't they? We went 1-0 yeah. up. Oh, Danny Ward scored, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Went one nil up. We were laughing at them and Ross McCormack, and then he absolutely rinsed us, didn't he? Oh, it was McCormack. Yeah, it was Ross. Yeah, McCormack. that were that were a bad day. One of mine has to be 
I remember being a kid at school and I never give it this, you know, like with other football fans, I never, ever give it, you know, when, you, when you're talking to your mates and stuff, oh, I'll just feel town, this and that. Because yeah. this day taught me a valuable lesson. I remember thinking, Huddersfield, this Huddersfield Town team is great. We've conceded very few goals over the course of the season. We're going up. I'm going to go to Wembley for the first time in my life. This is a, a really good side. And I remember going down to Peterborough in 1992 as a young kid. And we're getting the two-all draw. And I think we all thought it was job done, didn't we? We got the draw yeah. away. From, although they scored at the end, we thought we got the draw. All we have to do is beat them at home. Oh. And we went one nil up, didn't we? Um, Chris Billy, Chris Billy, and Phil Starbuck involved, and then second half was just a disaster. We were better than them by a mile for three quarters of you know, or three halves, if you like, of football. And yeah. then they just ball over the top, and then Bobby Barnes, I think it was, was it who got in, and then is it Cooper with the diving header and. It's just like, and then I just remember being gobsmacked, and then all the fans were on the field fighting, and the police horses knocking, you know, charging and knocking fans over. It was a horrible scene. I just remember being absolutely mortified by the result, and then the scenes on the pitch. It was horrible, and then went back with my uh, uncle who'd taken us, and like someone had just randomly run up to him, and punched him, and he had blood down his face. It was it, for no reason whatsoever, and um, it was just, it was really, really bad, and. And to lighten the mood, I think other than that, the other time is probably when we spent about nine million quid on this French under twenty one player who was tipped as the next Kylian Mbappe. And uh, in his debut at home in a friendly against Leon, he got the ball outside the box, lined it up on his favourite left foot, tried a power shot. And I can only describe this as like have you ever played golf and there's a, a lob wedge? And when you hit the ball with a, I'm, I'm not a massive golfer, but a lob wedge and you hit it and it just goes up and down, doesn't it? And I've still got no idea how Adama Diakabi hits the ball, hit, tries to kick it as hard as he can and the ball just goes up and then down near the corner flag. And I just remember thinking, what the hell have we done? What have we done? And, um, and that just set the tone, didn't it, for that horrible Premier League season. And there's so many, so many games during that Premier League season where you might, where we just didn't, you just, it was like, it was almost like a death march, wasn't it? Walking in every yeah. game, and you sort of was like filing in, and it was, oh, it was, it was vile. Um, let me just have a quick look, see what's going on uh, on the YouTube, see if anybody, no, nobody's wading in online, so that's fine. But and that's it, really, for Halloween Nightmare. So everybody enjoy your Halloween, Danny. Um, <clears throat> thanks for coming on. We'll get you back on uh, <clears throat> pretty soon. Sorry, I'm starting to choke you. Cosy, um, good of you, mate. Thanks for turning up. Unlike Pozza, who who's just messaged us Cheers, saying yeah. he's had a pizza tonight. So yeah, I hope you choked on it, Poz, letting <laughs> us down at the last minute. Massive shit house. Uh, and yeah, thanks to everybody who's who's joined us. And uh, I'm sure we'll be back again, hopefully on on Wednesday. And if we are back on Wednesday on Twitter Spaces, it means we've got a positive result because that's the way we work midweek. So all the best. See you soon. <laughs>
and stand and face the League One hell, where we last rot under Ken Davies' spell. The foulest stench was in the air, the funk of Wadsworth lingers there. Grizzly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal our doom. But town fought hard to stay alive, with every kick, tackle or foul, that no mere mortal can resist the evil of the towel. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.